0: The reason why it's important to catch and address mental health issues or depression or anxiety is because during those first year or two years of life, bonding and attachment is what's supposed to happen between a child and their caregiver. And what that means is that that child knows that when they cry or they're in distress, that there is someone there to address their needs, to soothe them, to feed them, to hold them. And if that's not there, disrupted bonding and attachment can lead to poor outcomes later on in life.
1: Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hello, everyone. I'm Michelle Schneider, board member for the California State Rural Health Association. And today I'm joined by Kelly O'Connor Kay, the Executive Director of Maternal Mental Health Now. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. Um, Why don't we get started by you telling our audience about Maternal Mental Health Now and your role within the organization?
0: Sure. Um, Maternal Mental Health Now is a nonprofit. We're based in L.A. County, and our mission is to remove the barriers to the prevention, treatment, treatment, identification of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders in LA. We were founded 15 years ago by Kimberly Wong who was and still is an attorney. She works for the Office of the Public Defender in LA County and she had a child and following that child's birth she knew something was very, very wrong and she reached out to her OBG for support and help and her concerns were dismissed. And ultimately, she was hospitalized on two separate occasions for severe postpartum depression and had a very long road to recovery. But when she did recover, she thought to herself, if I had so much trouble finding the support I needed, and I have all these resources available to me, I'm well-educated, I speak English, I have a supportive husband and family, good health insurance, et cetera. She thought, what does someone without any one of those resources do in my situation? So she founded Maternal Mental Health Now. At the time, we were called the LA County Perinatal Mental Health Task Force to change the system of perinatal mental health care, particularly for LA's most vulnerable populations. And our vision is that every new mom and birthing person who's struggling with a a mental health disorder during pregnancy or the postpartum period receives regular screening for that and receives timely, informed, and culturally appropriate treatment.
1: That's amazing, Kelly. And it great ideas always come from a hurdle that someone experienced. So hats off to your founder. Can you tell us who, who fits into LA's most vulnerable population?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of vulnerable populations in LA. I would say the broadest definition of that would be any patient who's on Medi-Cal. There are certain populations that are at higher risk and have higher prevalence rates of perinatal depression and anxiety than others. And within those populations are communities of color, particularly black birthing people, immigrants, non-English speakers, victims of domestic violence or interpersonal violence, teenage uh, parents, single mothers, adoptive parents are at at risk. Even fathers are at risk. So the, the definition of vulnerable population is really wide-reaching. That
1: is wide, definitely. And can you explain for our audience what the perinatal period is and why it's important?
0: Right. Yeah. Perinatal, we define it as any time between the the point of conception to two years postpartum. But the reason why that's so important, it's, there's, (laughs) there's many reasons why that's so important. One of them is that that uh, During that time period, a uh, birthing person is inter- interfacing with the healthcare system at a very high frequency rate, right? When you're pregnant, you go in and see your OBGYN approximately once a month, and then every two weeks, and then every week towards the end of pregnancy. And during the postpartum period, you're bringing your child, your infant, to well-child visits with pretty high frequency. I think it's something like 24 times during you know the three years. And so it's a great opportunity for the healthcare system to identify any mental health issues that are going on in the family um, because there's such a high frequency rate of, of, of interaction. The reason why it's important to catch and address mental health issues or depression or anxiety is because during those first year or two years of life, bonding and attachment is what's supposed to happen between a child and their caregiver. And what that means is that that child knows that when they cry or they're in distress, that there is someone there to address their needs, to soothe them, to feed them, to hold them. And if that's not there, disrupted bonding and attachment can lead to poor outcomes later on in life. Another reason why it's important to address depression or anxiety during pregnancy is because depression and anxiety during pregnancy can lead to preterm delivery. It can lead to low birth weights, babies, that then leads to NICU stay, which is very stressful and, and very anxiety-producing. So that's one reason why it's important to address it during pregnancy. And then another reason to address it during the postpartum period is because if it goes unaddressed, in many, many of cases, it does go unaddressed, but that can lead to tension in the households. It often leads to marital discord or divorce. It can lead to... Um, it has a financial impact on society. There was a study done by Mathematica about three years ago that determines the cost of untreated depression or anxiety within the parent during the perinatal period was thirty-two thousand dollars per parent-child dyad over the course of five years, and that that was measured through you know the healthcare costs of um, health visits to the doctor loss of wages, and other factors. It's a really interesting study. They measured that both in the state of California and nationally.
1: That's very interesting. And mental health is at such a forefront now, especially in the past few years. I wonder how your organization's work has adjusted at all or become even more important in the 15 years since you started with mental health being top of mind today.
0: Yeah, I do think that there's a lot more general and societal awareness about mental health issues in general and particularly about mental health issues during pregnancy and postpartum today than there was 15 years ago. So we've come a long way towards that. But in terms of changing the systems that are are working with new parents, we still have a long way to go. Right. I think the reality of a person who's suffering from a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder in Los Angeles is that, number one, they're afraid and ashamed to, to seek out help because that's supposed to be like the most beautiful most wonderful time of your life bringing a baby home from a hospital and if it isn't many people feel feel embarrassed or ashamed to, to say so and then if they do seek out help you know finding a, a therapist or other support group is pretty difficult there's not a lot available finding a therapist that takes your health care your health insurance is is a tough task finding a therapist that's trained and knowledgeable in the nuances of the perinatal period is also very difficult. And then finding a therapist or other support that you can see in a timely manner, like sometimes there's six weeks wait times, uh, particularly if you're on Medi-Cal. And then for many people, therapy is not what they want. You know, sometimes they they need diapers, right? Because costs are skyrocketing right now, right? Sometimes they need formula. The formula shortage has been very, very stressful for new moms that are formula feeding their babies. Sometimes you need social support. So you just need friends who are going through the same thing at the same time as you. And COVID has compounded perinatal depression and anxiety disorders. We've seen prevalence rates increasing 30%. You know, the the social isolation, you know, fear of catching the virus, people staying home, all contributes to that. And on top of that, you had, particularly at the beginning, all the changing policies regarding births, right? Like, could you bring a support person to the birthing room with you could you bring your partner could you bring your doula many doulas are providing services and coaching over FaceTime in the birthing room at the moment which is not exactly the best you know the best scenario yeah but there's um you know fear of like when you deliver if you test positive will your baby be separated from you what if your baby catches covid what will happen and so on and so forth so covid is definitely done a number on birthing people. It's been, I think that they're one of the populations that have been most affected by the pandemic.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And have you found since COVID, obviously we're still in it, that different partners or resources have elevated their offerings? I mean, a doula over FaceTime is challenging, but for other things like telehealth, perhaps for therapy and whatnot, have, have any of has any technology or other things advanced for some of your clients' needs?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think COVID has forced many service providers to become more innovative in how they deliver their services. So, yes, telehealth in terms of individual therapy and support groups has has been a in a way, it's been a blessing because it removes the barriers of transportation and childcare from getting to a support group in that example, right? Home, and, and then home visitors and doulas and other service providers have had to reinvent the way that they provide those services given given the pandemic. So I think there's been a lot of innovation there, but that's also brought up a lot of access issues because not all homes have steady broadband, right? There's steady Wi-Fi connections. Many people are are connecting on their phones. And if you have to kind of navigate between apps, that provides some challenges in terms of establishing rapport and trust between the service provider and the the patient or the client. So it's, yeah, the pandemic has prompted or forced our hand to become more innovative, but it's also highlighted some discrepancies and disparities in access.
1: Yes. And you bring up excellent points about transportation and Wi-Fi access. And for our audience who are spread throughout California. I think when you hear Los Angeles County, you think of Santa Monica or downtown, but for those who aren't in Los Angeles proper, can you describe how our county's broken down into different sections and how it's urban versus rural?
0: Yeah, the LA County Department of Public Health designates seven different service planning areas in LA County and in order that's how they organize their services. So we call them spas, (laughs) which is service planning area, but not the kind of spa I, I normally think about. And there's seven across the county. And I would say spa one is Antelope Valley. And that is a very rural area. Although people don't associate Los Angeles with being rural, but Antelope Valley, you know, presents its own challenges for people accessing care because of the way it's spread out, it's a really large geographical area. There are less services in that spread out area than there are in other parts of LA that are more populated.
1: Absolutely. And you and I are both members of the Los Angeles County Perinatal and Early Childhood Home Visitation Consortium. What value has the group brought to you and maternal mental health now?
0: Well, we see home visitors as a very essential Kind of piece to the puzzle for addressing perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, right? And they're addressing so many different things: parent education about babies, you know, sleep habits, eating habits, finding parents the resources they need if they're, you know, direct services or or otherwise. And and one of those resources is is mental health. So they've been, we've done a lot of training for. Actually, I believe we've trained all the home, home visitors within all the home visiting programs serving Los Angeles County at one point on signs, symptoms, prevalence rates, screening tools, and treatment options for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And in many cases, a parent who's struggling doesn't necessarily need therapy or, um, or medication even. Sometimes they just need someone to talk to and open up the conversation to them and say, how's mom doing? You know, how are you feeling? They need someone to say, you know, I, I experienced that too. Like I didn't feel attached or bonded to my baby right away or until or until they were about six months old. Like I found this period of time to be really difficult. Sometimes that's all they need to hear in order to validate their feelings and feel and feel better and kind of come out of that depression. Um and a home visitor is a really well placed person to do that. So the home visitation consortium's been great in terms of connecting us to the home visitors and allowing us to train them and and how to have that conversation. And they've also been really great in terms of using our resource database to find mental health treatment options and interventions for those clients that want them or need them.
1: Wonderful. It's, you know, everyone does such amazing work. But when you have a group like the consortium where we can tap into each other's resources and and help the community, that's what makes it even better. Where can people access resources about maternal mental health now in L.A. County and and throughout California if they're perhaps not in L.A. proper?
0: In L.A. County, we have a resource directory of perinatal mental health supports available to anybody that wants to find it. It's linked to from our website, which is www.maternalmentalhealthnow.org. And the URL of the resource directory is mmhn.streetwise, which is S-T-R-E-E-T-W-Y-Z-E.com. We've just launched this newer version of this resource directory. And it's different than our older version because it's community driven. What that means is that community members have been the ones to identify supports or, or services or stores or Geographic areas or organizations that have been helpful to them during their perinatal period and journey. And that doesn't just mean a therapy office or a support group, but it means it could be a park where that's really like accessible by by young children and where a lot of moms or parents come and, and let their kids play and have met their parent friends. It could be a group of parents that gather in the park on Monday morning and take a walk together. And it's, there's no like formal structure to it, it's a sort of organic and grassroots. It could be a church that has a food pantry that distributes diapers on Wednesdays. or it could be you know a therapy office or a mental health clinic and And community members that use this directory are able to rate and review the resources on them and and share their stories interacting with them. So they had a good experience. they can say so. If they had a bad experience, they can say that too. And if, in the example of like a mental health clinic, they can say, "I really like this provider," and name them by name, so other members of the community can, you know, have sort of that in, in insider information or that word of mouth information, but through this technology platform.
1: That's fantastic. And to your point, I mean, whether it's a therapist or diapers or a food pantry or a park for that social interaction, all of that's very, very important. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about your work or parenthood or anything that we should know about
0: to perhaps help maternal mental health now? Well, regarding that direct resource directory I just spoke about, we are looking for more resources. In fact, we're about to launch an effort to encourage community members to add resources to that platform. Whether it's adding, you know, adding a place that they visited and they liked or disliked, or adding a review of a place that's already in the in the directory. Fantastic.
1: Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you sharing the wonderful work Maternal Mental Health is doing in Los Angeles County, and I can't wait for our listeners to click on the website and and help enhance everything that you're doing.
0: Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show,
0: email us at podcast at csrj.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRHA Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association.